Go ahead and get your notes out. I want to spend some time in the Word of God. Imagine that. I want to preach. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's so good to see such a crowd in the, uh, online right now. I'm so thankful that they're there. I uh, saw some of our hugs ministry here, and uh, I saw Crystal and the girls that were back there. How you doing, Crystal? All the way in the back. And I just saw Luke was on Facebook watching. So, uh, yeah. All right. So, hey, Luke. Uh, shout out to all of my brothers and sisters. I, um, I, I, let me share with you for a few moments today. We've been socially distant, but spiritually close. How many have felt the spiritual closeness? Amen. Have you felt the effort of the church to be close? Yes. So though we're physically separate, I am with you in spirit rejoicing to see how stable you are and how firm your faith is in Christ from Colossians 2 and 5. That scripture jumped into my heart at the very beginning of this uh, when I heard about it. Uh, first thing that morning when I woke up, that came to my heart, wrote it down. We got together as a staff. We began planning on how we could stay spiritually close. I'm so thankful. But it's also good to be able to be together. And even right now, you're struggling. I want to celebrate the struggle. Because how much do you want to hug somebody right now? How much you want to say, I know Pastor Rick, hey, let us hug. It's not me. I want this right now so much. I will do just about anything to get people together, all right? It's just so good to see you, but it's good to come back. Comebacks are great. Somebody shout, comebacks are great. Now, I didn't say go backs are great. I said comebacks are great. Some people say, well, man, I love, I love a good comeback. But you're not talking about what I'm talking about. Because when I say come back, it was one of those days when I was watching a football game. And one of the teams had, had, was behind. And suddenly, something got inside of them and they played at a whole new level. It wasn't what caused them to get behind. It was what caused them to come back. Preach, Pastor Rick. It's, it's being behind, it's losing, and then turning things around. Now, we've always been a great church, but do we want to come back the same way we left? That's the question. I mean, this feeling that we have right now. Remember those times that, yeah, it's Sunday, but I don't know. You know, that, that feeling of, oh, it's worship. Is he still singing? Is Emory ever going to stop singing? I mean, now you guys don't ever see that, but... but I mean, it is so refreshing, amen, to be in this house. And today, unlike other times, it feels like more of a privilege to walk in the door. It's a comeback. You know, I think for kids, you know, you know, kids, I don't, they're not going back to school this year. Can I get an amen from some of the kids? You know, says, and the kids in school thought, yay, school is canceled. And then they met their new teacher. I'm busting on any of you. I'm busting on you. Then they missed their teachers. And then they met their buddies. The ones that they live with. And they missed their buddies. And other things. You know, sports. You know, we struggle. I mean, we remember our last wrestling match. And then they closed the season. And then they closed the school. And, you know, pretty much everything we missed, you know, but tests, and I guess you're still taking tests. School lunches, you like, school lunches are great, evidently. So, 
So the question is, is this a good or a bad thing? Of course it's bad. The virus is bad. Sickness and, and, and death and economic mess. The isolation is a struggle. So many people that are struggling in isolation. I'm seeing some of you right there on the, uh, on the feed. And some of you have been struggling with isolation. Some people who already live alone. It's difficult. But just the isolation of not being able to connect with people. But sometimes in order to find the good, you have to look for it. Sometimes you have to look for things. By the way, Stephanie, it's good to see you all. They drove all the way from Arizona to be on the front seat this morning. Okay, so yeah. Love you all. Kids growing up. My goodness. So I want us to consider this today. And I want to talk to you about being restored. I want to talk to you about the reality of restoration. Joel chapter 2 and verse 25 I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust have eaten. Amen. You want to read that with me? Come on. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. So uh, I, Joel is a minor, pro, a minor prophet. Uh, anybody understand minor prophets? Minor prophets. Okay. Um, how many know the song, Watch Me Whip? Watch me. How many know who wrote that song? How many know? Somebody said Joel. <laughs> no, it's, a one, it's what we call a one-hit wonder. Everybody was kung fu fighting. How many know that song? And you know Whip and Nene, right? The reason you know that is because it was a big deal. And people are still singing it. But it was a one-hit wonder. Joel's a minor prophet. He came along the same time as Elijah, as Elisha. He came along. You know, when Elijah was in the cave and he said, there's no other prophets. He said, yeah, got a bunch of prophets. Joel was one of those guys. And so Joel has a book. You say, I can't read the Bible. It's too long. It's not. Read Joel. It's three chapters. Amen. So I read a whole book of the Bible today. Feeling good about yourself. It's a minor prophet. So uh, he is, however, so powerful. All right, so he's like kung fu fighting one-hit wonder, okay? Very powerful. And, and, his, and he is the Pentecost prophet. He is the day of the Lord prophet. And in his writings, we find out so much about the way God works and how God is going to do things, specifically the outpouring of Pentecost. In Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter quotes Joel. And, and so we, we hear about the heart of God. Some people know the way I do things, right? And so sometimes I'll say I'm going to do something. You say, no, pastor, I know you better than that. I know how you are, okay? Because you've known me. Now, do you know God? You need to know God better than you know me. You need to know the way that he works and the way that he does things. In Joel's message, we hear about the day of the Lord. We hear about the things preceding the day of the Lord and what happens following those things. One of the things that Joel says is that bad stuff will happen, big stuff will happen that you will talk about for the rest of your life. Listen, some of you kids, you're going to remember this particular season for the rest of your life. You'll be talking about, remember that time when they shut down the schools and shut everything down? You'll be talking about it for the rest of your life. 
So Joel talks about things and in Joel chapter 1 and verse 2, he says, Hear this, you leaders of the people. Listen, all who live in the land and all your history. Has anything like this happened before? Tell your children about it in the years to come and let your children tell their children. Pass the story down from generation to generation. So that's kind of what we're experiencing right there now. And then he says in verse 3, he says, After the cutting locust finished eating the crops, the swarming locust took what was left, and then came the hopping locust, and then the stripping locust too. So I'm looking, I didn't know there were that many kind of locusts. I thought there was just a locust locust, you know, but evidently there are locusts and then there are like really bad locusts and there are bad, bad locusts and there are really mean locusts. I mean, I'm not sure. Has anybody ever seen a locust? They're kind of related to a grasshopper, uh, but, but they, they will swarm. They, and, and there's a time when they used to swarm. I remember as a kid, we would, when I lived in the country, and you'd have locust year. Anybody remember those? And they would come. I remember you could go out, and we would take trash can lids, and you could just hit them out of the air. Big, nasty things. And, and so locusts were intense. So Crops are really important. We know that now. We know chicken's important. We know toilet paper is important. Evidently, the locust swarmed and ate all the toilet paper. Who knew? Anyway, Joel says things got bad. And then in verse 19, he says, Lord, help us. The fire has consumed the wilderness pastures. The flames have burned up all the trees. Even the wild animals cry out to you because the streams have dried up and the fire has consumed the wilderness pasture. So we went from bad locusts to bad fires. I'm telling you, it's bad. It's really, really bad. And then Joel says in chapter 2, verse 1, I'm taking you the whole book. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming. So he blows a trumpet. He says, blow the trumpet in Zion. And then we respond in this way, the Lord says in verse 25. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And verse 26. You shall eat plenty and be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Somebody shout, blow the trumpet in Zion. Come on, blow the trumpet in Zion. I was thinking about that. I'd already begun to write this down, had it in my notes, and then Avi came over to the office, and I have a shofar hanging on the wall, and Avi said, I want that. So you know what I did. I gave it to her because I'm a pap, and that's what I do. And so I gave it to her, and she started for the longest time. She's just standing in my office going, ooh, ooh. I'm holding it with one hand while she's making this noise. Ooh, ooh. And I thought, that's not a bad idea, holding the trumpet so your grandchildren can. Mm. Don't you think the grandchildren are noticing what's going on right now? And what should we say? Blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. Don't just sit around the house. Come on. Don't just sit in the wilderness and scream. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Call for a fast. Call people to come back to me. That's what's going on. You may not know it, but there's a call that's going out in the world. Hey, how long will we pretend? How long will we play? When are we going to seek the Lord like we ought to seek the Lord? 
Somebody say, you know, pastor, you ought to be nice to us. I am being nice to you. I'm saying I'm sick of the locusts. I'm tired of the fire. I want God to do in the church and in the nations what God wants to do. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on. Touch our lives. Change us. I'm sounding the alarm. I'm blowing a trumpet today, baby. Listen to what I'm saying. He said that, the, that you will be restored, that you will be blessed, that he has a plan for, for you. But come and seek my face. You know, God is massively into bringing people back. But not just back into the building. Did, I, did you hear me? We want people in the building. I want people in the building, but I have a larger request. I want people to be restored. God is using this time to bring restoration to your life. You don't like the locust. You don't like the struggle. I don't like it. But when I say restoration to you, what are your locusts? What are your locusts? What are the wildfires that you're dealing with? What are the locusts that have been eating your harvest for years? What are those things? Can we deal with them? I was thinking, I, while I was doing that, I was thinking about rehab. Now, there, I know there's some of you who have been in rehabilitation. There are rehabilitation centers for people with physical issues. And evidently, uh, there have been some stories about danger in rehab centers. And then there are rehab centers for emotional situations. There are rehab centers for addictions. And, uh, you know, you might, I, I don't know. What's your stuff? I mean, if there was a rehab center for your stuff, what would the rehab center be called? What would it be called? What, what rehabilitation do you need? We say, well, you know, addiction. How many know God would like to set you free from your addictions? Anybody know that? And you say, well, I'm not that kind of addict. Listen, what is your addiction? I know it doesn't get headlines. I know you don't get pulled over. For doing it. But what is your addiction? You see, this is something I found out in my life. I am no better than you are. I am no better. I don't. It's like God just say, okay, Rick, he's going to pass the church. He gets a pass on everything. I've had to deal with my own issues, with my own life. I may not have been a drug addict, but I've been hurt. I've lost trust in people before. I've lived through years of emptiness that I had to deal with in my own heart. And some of us have used religion as our drug instead of finding a relationship with Jesus that brings restoration. It's like, yeah, I, I got this stuff in my life, but at least I go to church. But you're still mad, and you've got these deep roots of anger. You've got these deep roots of, of struggle that are in your life. And God says, I want to do more than just have you fill up my house. I want to change your life what has controlled you other than God for most of your life you know isolation sometimes is part of rehab I mean if you were to check yourself in because of a drug addiction they would isolate you from your dealers they would not let them in the house come on they would not say I'm, I'm going to rehab but I'm going to bring my buds with me no your party family would not be there you would get isolated. 
And, and, and some of you have been stuck in your homes and you're saying, you know, what's going on? You know, you get angry, you're frustrated, you're cussing and screaming and you know, the locusts destroyed our crops and we've been stuck in our homes and many of us have had to face the reality of our wounds. Blow the trumpet in Zion. God wants to restore his people. The locusts that invaded Israel ruined years of crops. The fields of the farmers were in disrepair. But God said, not only do I want to restore your crops, he said, I want to return your fields to a better condition than they were in before. And I also want to restore what you lost, Jesus, in your past. That he would give you all of that that the locusts have eaten. God wants to use this time to do more than bring you to a new normal. He is the God of restoration. So let's open our hearts this morning and cry out for restoration. We know we're not what we should be with God or who we are and what we desire to be is to be restored. And the word of God is full of this message. Let me walk you through uh, Psalms chapter 6 and 3. How long, O Lord? Until you restore me. Psalm 51 and 12. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. And make me willing to obey you. Psalm 119 and 107. I have suffered much, O Lord. Restore my life again, just like you promised. Jeremiah the prophet pleads with God and says, Turn me again to you. This is the prophet Jeremiah. Return me to you, O Lord. Restore me, for you alone are my God. In Lamentations, the, the, the writer says, Restore. Restore us, O Lord, and bring us back to you again. And you say, well, that's an Old Testament message. But then you get to 2 Corinthians 13. Your restoration is what we pray for. And then verse 11, he says, aim for restoration. It's what we need. The good news is that restoration is what God offers. God promises to restore all of the back years, all of the back pay, all of the back relationships. God says, I'm going to restore your life. Zechariah says, I will restore them because of my compassion. And Isaiah says, I have seen their ways, but I will heal them. I will guide them and restore comfort to Israel's mourners. This has been a season of isolation. And many of you have had revelation because you couldn't hide from what was going on in your house anymore. I hear this all the time from those who are struggling. I know God but I just can't get through my past, my bitterness, my trouble. I keep meeting people who remind me that God can set me free. Did you know that God has a rehabilitation program for you? God does. And as we come back to church, as we get through this season, I'm anticipating your life to be changed. Whether you're 80 or 8, I don't care. I want to get involved personally in your life. You know, I love hugging. You know that. But hugging can be a head fake. Amen. What are you going to do about my need of restoration? Yeah. And I'm not talking about pharisaical behavior modification. You hear me? See, that's what Jesus jumped on people for. Because pharisaical behavior modification says, I just want you to stop doing what you were doing. No, I want to get to the root of it. And I want to pull out the old roots living water somebody praise God for living waters just did living waters graduation people say living waters that's not for me 
How many people have ever been relationally broken in this house before? How many have ever been wounded in your hearts? I sat the other day, Tim. Tim Romo always showing up in this house. And I was talking to him a little bit about my message. And Tim started talking and sharing his backstory. He's out there hiding. White haired Jesus. And uh, talking about how he was when he first came here. Every time I asked Tim to do something, I say, Tim, could you do this for me? And then I'll say, thank you. And he'll say, after all this church and God's done for me, I just can't do enough. Always, quote. But I remember one day uh, when the Lord just spoke to him and he just dropped an addiction. And then the Holy Spirit dealt with him. Been through living water since before he believed he deserved he should go, could go. And, and then I see other people. I could name individuals in this room. I could tell your stories. It wouldn't be nice, but I'm looking at you. Has God restored you? Has he changed things? Has he healed your life? Now, I don't want to pretend like, you know, right now I'm going to snap my fingers. I'm going to say it's going to take some process. And this is all I can do for you today. The Holy Spirit has been dealing with you during this time. And guess what? He wants to get you through old stuff and heal you from the inside out. I love church. We were designed to be together, right? And eventually many of us will be back in this place. But can I tell you the truth? First of all, I want you to know this. The church is essential. All right, anytime people say essential works, I say the church is and will all, it doesn't matter whether people agree or not, it is. And while I appreciate the edict uh, stating caution, I I am not anti-science, but sometimes science can be selective in its devotion. I mean, you got to, sometimes you got to check your science at the door when it comes to certain things that we want to do, you know, like issues, gender issues, the unborn, you know what I'm saying? What is less essential? You know, the church or Home Depot, I, I had to say that today, all right? I'm, I'm just on in the body of Christ really matters. I wash my hands, I social distance, I care for my neighbors, I shelter in place, but we have to be restored as the church. Amen. We've got to get over some of the things that are habitual in our life that we have ignored for so long. We have to be transformed from the inside out. We need a spiritual reformation. Bob, is that okay? We need, we need God to change us. And when we come back together, this is what I'm saying. I want everyone restored being restored. I want a plan of rehabilitation for every individual. I want a growth track that will take you from whatever has controlled you to what God wants you to be. I want a transformation, listen to me online, for every one of us. I want to see you transformed. I want to see you transformed. I want us to stop playing. And I want to get involved in reformation on a large level. Anybody with me? My story is too deep and my time is already gone. We have much to do before next service starts. So can I remind you of my story? That in my life, I found myself in a place of great brokenness. Before I saw it, clearly, the Lord kept speaking to me with a song. It was a song by Dennis Jernigan called Beyond Compare. Lord, you are so good in your mercy. 
You've taken what I cannot bear, taking a life that's been broken and making it beautiful beyond compare. What the locusts have eaten, my Lord can restore. And what the enemy's taken, my Lord will give me more. And my Father can heal my heart when my heart is torn. There's nothing that my Father cannot restore. Let's get honest. There's two things I want you to do. One is I want you to get honest with God. And secondly, I want you to get honest with someone else. That's all I'm telling you to do right now. One, get honest with God. And two, get honest with someone else. Does that make sense to anybody? You say, well, I thought you said you are going to take me through something. Look, I can lay my hands on you and pray for you all day long. But until you get honest with God. And secondly, you got to stop keeping it a secret. You need to find a brother, a sister in the Lord Jesus that you can say, this is what I'm going, on, going through. Listen, if I could have been honest when I was 13 years old. If there was just been people and I went to church and I sang and I was a leader and a Sunday school teacher. If somebody could have said, Ricky Jean Hawker, just tell me what's up. Tell me the truth. I love you no matter what's happened in your life. I might have walked through some things then that I wouldn't have had to walk through now. But I didn't have that sense. The enemy hid that from me. And so today I'm standing before you now, kids, teenagers, children. No matter what's going on in your life, you open up your mouth. You tell God what's hurting. And you find somebody else. And the Lord will restore the years that the locusts have eaten. I'm blowing the trumpet, baby. Come on. Listen online. I'm blowing the trumpet. This is a season of restoration. Stand with me all over the house. Father, we thank you for what you have taught us. We're going to get honest with you. We pray your blessings upon this community. I bless them in the name of Jesus. Lord, today we commit to getting honest with you. We commit to getting honest with one another. This season will be our greatest comeback in all of history. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give praise to the Lord. I'm here for you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Stay right there as we sing. If you need prayer, be in prayer for one another. Ushers are going to dismiss you one row at a time. Just continue to worship with me. Come on, everybody continue to worship. God bless you all. I'll see you again this Wednesday. Service is open. This next Sunday. I love you. Sing.